You're listening to a news story on the audio version of The Taiyi. Thanks for listening. The Taiyi is a nonprofit newsroom that is funded by our audience. So, if you appreciate this article and you'd like to help us do more, head on over to support.thetaiyi.ca and become a Taiyi builder. You choose the amount to give, and you can cancel any time. Burned out, pressures are taking a toll on wildfire fighters. By Zach Vessera, August 3, 2023. Riel Elaine loved fighting fires, and he had no plans to stop. In 2021, Elaine was a smoke jumper, a group of elite firefighters who leaped from planes to form the first line of defense against wildfires. Elaine joined the BC Wildfire Service out of university in 2016, thinking fighting fires sounded better than office drudgery. The 2021 season was one of the worst on record. This was the year of the heat dome, when the town of Lytton burned to the ground. Nearly 8,700 square kilometers of forests were set ablaze by 1,600 fires, many of which crept dangerously close to communities. But Elaine entered the season with high spirits. He had been a smoke jumper since 2017, had seen his share of bad seasons and wanted to pursue firefighting as a full-time career. That year, Elaine quit his firefighting job. He is among scores of veterans who have left BC's professional wildfire team in recent years even as the province's fire seasons get longer and more destructive as a result of climate change. Elaine and other firefighters say that has made the service more dependent on the new, young recruits it trains each year to meet the demands of worsening fire seasons. I just didn't see it as a career anymore, Elaine said. David Greer, the service's director of strategic engagement, says it is a critical moment for the service. He attributed the turnover to a tight labor market and a generational shift as seasoned veterans retire. The service has ambitions, Greer says, of becoming a year-round operation with more positions for people who want to fight fires for a living. But some firefighters say the service's recruitment and retention challenges go deeper than that. The service employs about 2,000 people. Of those, Greer says between 1,300 and 1,500 in a given year are wildfire fighters, including unit crews, smoke jumpers, and other trained specialists. In 2023, it reported 214 vacancies in that firefighter workforce, or about 16% of its total staffing. The service has reported an average of about 217 vacancies each year since 2017. The highest was in 2022, when the service had to replace a staggering 321 firefighters, about a quarter of its total contingent. Sebastian Kalos, a wildfire fighter and a chair with the BC General Employees Union, said the service doesn't offer the pay, hours or benefits needed to retain talented employees. Longer seasons, he said, had worsened challenges of burnout and worker exhaustion. He and other workers interviewed by the Thai say they're worried about how the fire service can meet the growing climate disaster as it sheds experienced staff. The tasks are not overly complicated. But it takes years to develop mastery, Kalos said. It just seems impossible to me that we can be a high-performing organization without retaining people. That Venn diagram doesn't overlap. Times changing. Greer's first job with the Wildfire Service was in the 1990s. 
In his first year, he said he was one of just 13 recruits selected from a pool of 1,500 applicants to complete the service's wildfire boot camp. The 90s, economically, were a different time, and Greer suggested many people may just have been desperate for work. But the stiff competition also reflected the prestige of the job. Wildfire fighting has long been a popular choice for university students and adventurous young British Columbians who preferred fighting fires in the bush to your typical summer job. My best friends are still people from wildfire that I met while I was doing it, because I really know who they are, Greer said. Regardless of what they're doing now, I know those people. I know who they are and who they are not. But fewer people are applying. This year, the service hired 340 new recruits from a pool of roughly 900 applicants, Greer said. Part of that hiring was a decision to expand crew sizes from 20 members to 22 in 2022, which Greer said created 85 new jobs in the service. But there were also 214 vacancies, a figure that has become typical for a service that once scarcely had any spots to fill. Greer said they have recorded an average of about 217 vacancies each year since 2017, or a turnover rate of about 16%. Greer pointed out that most employers are struggling to recruit and retain workers. But he acknowledged the job was not as competitive as it used to be. The government has taken notice of the problem, too. The latest mandate letter for BC Minister of Forests Bruce Ralston directs him to explore options to improve training, retention and recruitment in BC Wildfire Service. I think there needs to be more focus on recruitment, Greer said. A lot of that has to do with promoting our organization as a really good place to work. Fires have changed, too. This year is the most destructive fire season in British Columbian history. On July 27, the province estimated more than 15,000 square kilometers of forest had burned, an all-time record with months still left in the province's fire season. The blazes have made international headlines and drawn hundreds of firefighters from across the world to help. BC itself has requested more than 1,000 of those workers to assist its roughly 2,000 standing staff and more than 600 private contractors, the service said. Elaine said that is making for a dangerous combination of less experienced workers and longer, harder fire seasons. Fires are not just more numerous, Elaine said. They're more complicated, as blazes get bigger and more regularly creep close to urban areas. And the fire season itself is often starting earlier and lasting longer. The structures in place, a lot of the guidelines and procedures that exist, comes from firefighting in a time that this context was different, Elaine said. Those guidelines are changing, Elaine said, but not fast enough. In a given year, Calo said as many as 20% of British Columbian firefighters are first-timers. Many are university students doing the work seasonally, the way Calos got into the business in 2009. That year, Calos said, he was one of 1,600 applicants, of whom only about 200 were selected for boot camp. Calos and Elaine were careful to not disparage new recruits. But they said they were worried the high rate of turnover in the service was putting workers in a dangerous, difficult position.
To become a real utility firefighter that can handle a lot of different situations in different roles, it takes about 10 years to get there, Kaolo said. You need to have that Rolodex of experiences to know when a fire is going to blow up or when to call for more resources. If you have a huge turnover year, the burden of the decision-making and the mentorship goes to the experienced people who are remaining, Kaolos continued. It creates a vicious cycle, because those people are stressed out and overworked. 2017201820192020220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220220
more predictable, and more manageable. But today, Elaine said it is a recipe for burnout. The emotional fatigue, the mental fatigue, and the physical fatigue, they just compound in a way that didn't happen before, Elaine said. Greer said the service has put a new focus on mental health. We're expanding more days off. We're expanding more time off. That's why we expanded the crew complement as well, so you can actually take more than a couple of days off. If you need to leave for a while, that's okay. That's a cultural shift, Greer said. But Kalos said the relatively low base pay rate poses other challenges for his members. Overtime pay, for example, does not count towards their pension plan, which means their total earnings don't align with how much they're saving for retirement. Kalo said that problem is sometimes compounded by payroll issues that mean his members don't get all their pay until months after the fire season ends. Finding a winter job is often difficult, Kalo said, since few careers dovetail naturally with the duration of the fire season. Countless people we've lost because their spouses just can't handle it, Kalo said. You're on standby, you're on a call, you could be having dinner with your partner or at an anniversary and you're expected to be on base in 30 minutes, and then you're gone for two weeks. Greer said the service has tried to improve working conditions as part of its pivot to become an all-year service with more permanent jobs. In an email, he said roughly 700 positions within the service are now year-round. The service's budget has jumped from $136 million to more than $204 million since 2021 as part of that transition which officials say are meant to make the agency a more proactive service. But it faces stiff competition for staff. Kalos said many of his peers are taking jobs at fire departments in urban centers like Vancouver, where they are promised steady hours, good benefits and reliable pay. He worries woodland firefighting, in contrast, is becoming a stepping stone to a job at a fire hall. And there's further competition from a small group of private firefighting companies that British Columbia hires when its own resources are maxed out. John Betts is the executive director of the Western Forestry Contractors Association, whose members include about 100 firms the provincial government sometimes hires to assist with fire suppression, mitigation or cleanup. Some are tree planting companies whose staff can be hired to do wildfire fighting work during the slow season. Betts said. Others are companies that happen to own heavy machinery useful for fire mitigation, and a small handful are dedicated fire suppression teams whose take-home pay relies largely on just how bad the fire season is. Betts said some of those companies have hired staff from the wildfire service, but says the reverse is also true. I think everybody is poaching everybody. We're all shorthanded, Betts said. I would say the wildfire service, on occasion, has poached workers from the contractors. It could be that some are migrating to where there's better pay. The TIE asked the BC Wildfire Service how much it had spent on contractors for fire suppression work from 2017 to 2023 by year, but the service responded it did not have that information on hand and did not know when it would be able to provide it. Betts argues the question of how to respond to fires goes well beyond human resources. He says poor management of BC's woodlands has left huge amounts of fuel ready to burn, and that simply hiring more firefighters isn't enough to manage it.
Instead, Betts said he wants to see government step in to better fund a loose network of companies and communities that he says are well-positioned to help mitigate and prevent fires before they happen. He argues that activities like prescribed burning could prevent the buildup of fire in the landscape and ease recruitment pressures on the fire service and other companies. If we don't have a similarly funded program, then at the currently trajectory we're on we're never going to have enough wildfire fighters, Betts said. How do we build out that system so that the wildfire service people will be populated with capable, confident people supported by this broader community of contractors? Betts said. There is conflict, because we're shorthanded everywhere. Finch, though, says there's an inherent tension between contractors and firefighters. While fire suppression contractors are never guaranteed work, Finch and Elaine say they earn much more per hour than the wildfire service staff who are supervising them. You can be the incident commander of a fire making 31 bucks an hour, and there are people under you making three times more, Elaine said. Elaine said he wants to see BC take some cues from the United States. In 2021, wildfire fighters working for the federal government faced many of the same challenges. But they successfully lobbied for a rule change that meant more of their hours counted towards retirement and vacation benefits. And they won a significant but temporary boost to their pay, equal to either $20,000 or 50% of their previous compensation. That pay benefit is set to expire this year but some former firefighters like Elaine think it is the type of aggressive spending BC may need to keep and grow its firefighting force in the face of the flames. Thanks for stopping by the Taiyi today. Anytime you're in the mood to listen to important stories written well, we'll be here. And if you'd like to keep independent media going strong, head over to the Taiyi.ca and click on the Support Us button to pitch in. Finally, big, big thank you to all of our Taiyi builders who made this story possible.